This is Bunny Michael. When you approach your life from the consciousness of your higher self, the knowing how worthy you are, every aspect of your life begins to change. Your relationships, your career, your self-care, your body image, everything. Because this is the process of unlearning the conditioning of our culture that raised us to believe we have to prove ourselves to belong. True success starts with knowing how much you deserve. Following your higher self is an awakening process and it's no easy feat. But as you will hear from the callers on this podcast, our paths might look different, but our journey is the same. Welcome to EXO Higher Self. Hello, sweethearts. Welcome to episode 74. What a pleasure it is to be here with you today. How was your week? Mine was super busy and a little stressful, but then I had to remind myself that none of the stuff on my to-do list is going to make or break how worthy I am, and it all of a sudden didn't have the same seriousness and pressure I was putting on it before. I was like, okay, so I'm writing a book about how to access your higher self and telling stories about my childhood, and I'm not sure how anyone is going to react to it, but ultimately... This doesn't define me. And I felt so much better. Really, I did. I was like, okay, stop taking yourself so seriously. Like, (laughs) sometimes you really just gotta kind of laugh at the seriousness. It helps keep things light. Let's see. I made curry last night. A new recipe from New York Times Cooking. I signed up for their cooking thing and I've made a few things from there. Been trying to learn how to cook stuff. You know, I'm better with a recipe. Personally, I'm like not one of those people that's like, let me put this, this, and this together and just whip it up. I'm like, give me instructions exactly how much, exactly how long. I want it guaranteed to taste good. Yesterday, it was my day off. I'm starting a whole new thing where I take one day off of my work and I don't even go on Instagram and Yesterday was the first time of me actually implementing that rule. And let me tell you, it was so relieving. I thought, okay, cool. I can watch the new season of Ozark. But I don't know if I've told you this before. I get really anxious when I'm watching like movies or shows I haven't seen before. And when I watched Ozark was like during the pandemic. And I don't know, it was just easier for me to watch it then. So I started to get really anxious about watching the new season and not knowing what was going to happen. So then I started watching an older season because I was like, oh, I'll just get caught up. But then that started making me anxious, even though I know it was happening. I knew it was going to happen. And so I had to turn it off. (laughs) But hopefully I'll be able to watch it because, you know, even though it is, it's pretty violent. It's pretty dark. I really love that Ruth character. She's so funny and cool. So before we get started on the questions, I do have a pretty big announcement that I wanted to tell y'all. I have decided to take a break from putting out new episodes of EXO Higher Self for a couple of months, and I am going to continue to put up new bonus episodes on our Patreon, so that's not going to end. But as far as the weekly podcast episodes just until the spring because I just have some big projects coming up and I need some time to work on it. And I promise you it's all going to be worth it. So next week's episode is going to be 
the last one before my break. But, you know, that's going to be the 75th episode. So I figure if you have heard all 75 episodes, there are already many bonus episodes that you can also hear on our Patreon. Plus, we're still going to be putting out new bonus episodes every other week during the break as well. So if you still really want to hear it and you still really want to send in your questions, keep sending them in. Just sign up to be a patron at patreon.com forward slash exohireself. And we're going to be working on a bunch of new stuff for our new season. And it's all really good and exciting. And I promise you, it will be totally, totally worth the wait. It was actually a really hard decision for me to take a break because, you know, I love doing this. I love doing it every week. I feel like we really cultivated a community. And then I had all these thoughts, these like fear thoughts, like, oh, if you're not putting out work every single week, a new episode every single week, people are going to be upset and all of that stuff in my head and, you know, issues with needing to be super, super productive in every single way. And then I had to really just, you know, latch on to my higher self and be like, no, the people that follow this podcast do actually care about me. and do want me to stay healthy and have self-care and have enough time and energy to do all the things. Um, So thank you so much for your support and your care. All right, let's get to the questions. This week has some pretty juicy ones. Hey, buddy. Um, This is not my first time calling into the podcast, but (laughs) the last two times I've called, I get really, like, frazzled halfway through and just hang up. So I'm sorry if anyone had to listen to those messages, um, but hopefully you got a laugh out of them. (laughs) Um, I'm calling with, I I think, a full question now, uh, and it's kind of all revolving around this idea of being young and living in a society that obviously is, or even just American culture, which is very like, go, go, go all the time. Um, This idea that you should be fully accomplished by the time you're 25 and um, that sort of stuff. And uh, my journey so far has been kind of weird because I went to college. um, I, I wasn't, super set on it, but I kind of felt like I didn't know what else I was going to do. So I went to college um, and I ended up really loving it. Uh, I was able to graduate half a semester or a semester early. Um, I graduated early and just was kind of like immediately thrown into the workforce. Um, I worked in event production, which is like a really demanding industry. So I did that and then I felt like that wasn't quite right for me. So then I switched careers completely, like, six months into my <laughs> uh, post-grad life. Um, and now I work in publishing. Um, and I, I'm enjoying it a lot more. It's a lot less demanding, which allows me to get a little bit more, like, healthy work-life balance. But I, I had moved to the city that I went to college in and was living on my own with roommates. Um, for about a year, and then that just wasn't really feeling right, and it wasn't really feeling, like, authentic to me. Like, I felt like it was kind of, you know, everyone I knew, out, out of convenience, I guess. I kind of did it out of convenience of, like, this makes the most sense, and so I made the difficult choice to move back home with my parents because I felt like uh, it wasn't really what I wanted right in the moment, but I, I thought it would allow 
a better uh, environment for me to figure out what it was that I wanted. Um, so I've been home mm, like six or seven months now, uh, and it's it's fine. You know, um, we all have our our family stuff, but like it's fine. Um, I do miss being independent and living on my own a lot. Um, there are certain parts of my family dynamic that I don't love being around uh, every day again. And I, I think it felt like a major, major setback for me um, to move back home because there's kind of that idea of like, okay, you're flying the nest and then. Okay, so your voicemail got cut off, but I'm just going to answer it anyway, especially because you've tried so many times to get in a question. And I think I got the gist of what you were asking How do you feel like you're growing at the rate you should be at your age, especially if you had moved back in with your parents? How we measure our success, our productivity, depends on what it is that we value in life and why we value it. Our culture puts a lot of pressure on us to achieve a certain kind of success by a certain age, depending on your surroundings. You could be someone who was told you need to be married and have two kids by the time you're 30. Or you could have been raised in a less rigid environment where it was okay to, you know, find what works for you. There is a reason why our culture puts so much pressure on us to be productive. And it's rooted in a very Puritan ideal that the harder you work, the closer you are to God. That religious influence equated productivity with morality. It was about sacrifice. You know, it was a sin to be slovenly or lazy. And that also carried into slavery in this country where it was used as an excuse for making black people work for no benefits for themselves. As if the slave owners were trying to make them more moral beings. Obviously, this extremely disgusting and reprehensible learned hierarchical belief was totally, completely wrong and used in the name of God, which is even more disturbing. And it has reverberated over generations with racial stereotypes, you know, that black and brown people are lazy and that's why they don't have as much money or better jobs. Oppressed people are often called lazy to cover up systematic inequality. You can read more about this in psychologist Devin Price's new book called Laziness Does Not Exist. I've read excerpts of it and it already seems so fascinating. I ordered it. I'm really, really excited to read it. You know, there's so many unconscious things that are going on with us and they're rooted in history. And educating yourself on this stuff, taking the initiative to do that, is a really empowering thing. That way you know, okay, what are the things that I'm working with here? You know, where are these thoughts coming from? Where is this pressure coming from? Because there's such a strong belief that hard work makes you a more moral person or a better person and laziness equals immoral or bad in some kind, it's easy to feel 
less than if you don't reach certain milestones at a certain age, right? It's easy to feel like there must be something wrong with you if your path doesn't look like that picturesque image of what you've been taught success should look like. From the higher self perspective, being productive has a whole other meaning. It means taking action towards being a more loving person and sharing that love with the world in your own unique way. We all have a role to play in the awakening of love on this planet, but don't know exactly what that path is going to look like. What we can do is make choices that reflect love, follow love's guidance. What is love asking me to do here? It was love that guided you to move back in with your parents to give yourself some space to get connected with what living environment feels best for you. And it was love from your family that made that possible. So how do you give love to yourself now? What is love guiding you to do? Is it to stay there or move out? What choice will better facilitate your inner spiritual growth? Staying there and then beating yourself up for having this setback blocks the wisdom inside you that knows there is no such thing as a setback. Growth is a spiral up. We might end up back in similar situations, but we are approaching it from a higher perspective, a higher state of consciousness. The only way to hold yourself back is to hold love back, is to put a wall up to love. Your home and your job will never give you fulfillment if you don't realize your worth. All this stuff on the outside, what the details look like, matter much less than the consciousness with which you do things. If you're at a fork in the road, ask your higher self, which way is leading me to more awareness of my own power and worth? Hello, Exo Higher Self fam. It's Bunny here. I am so thrilled to announce my debut book, Hello, Higher Self, an outsider's guide to loving yourself in a tough world is now available for pre-order. This book is the essential manual for unlearning your limiting beliefs that have been ingrained in you by the toxicity of our culture and your trauma and your socialization. We all have to unlearn this stuff so we can channel the power of our higher self. And everyone who pre-orders this book will receive a special free gift from me to be announced shortly. So hurry to the pre-order link in the show notes and get yourself a copy. I cannot wait for you to read it. The following question is from an email. Hey there, Bunny and team. I hope you're having a glorious day full of light and love as well as an awesome start to the new year. I'd love some perspective and or advice on being present through intense feelings of longing and missing another. My partner and I have just started doing long distance again. And even though we both know and our higher selves know that we're deeply and always connected via the eternal divine, and we know that we have to honor and trust our own intuition and God's plan for us as individuals, what can we do when there are times of profound, if not agonizing pain of missing being physically near the person with whom I am in love? 
Thank you for all the work you do. And thank you to everyone in this community for doing your work. I truly believe by doing so, we are raising our collective consciousness to a higher place. Hi, sweetheart. It sounds like you have such a beautiful perspective on love and where your heart is guiding you and your relationship sounds absolutely beautiful. And it's obvious you're very much in touch with your higher self. And that's wonderful to hear. Yes, long distance is so hard, and at times it is painful to miss someone. You love each other very much, and in that way, you're very blessed to be feeling that that ache. There are times in our life where things are more challenging, but it's these times that make us stronger and take us to a deeper place of wisdom within ourselves. And you are being guided to the next evolutionary stage in your spiritual growth. Love is a state of awareness. And when you are in quote unquote agonizing pain from separation, there is fear underlying it. Fear that something is wrong. Fear that your choice to be long distance was the wrong one. Fear that the distance is going to be too much to stay together. Fear that you will lose them and never find that love again. It's the fear that needs to be addressed. It's the fear that is overwhelming you because being in that state actually blocks you from receiving the love that is all around you at every moment. The relationship you have is a spiritual one because that person has become a portal that takes you to love's consciousness. Being in love with someone literally means being in a state of love with that person. It's blissful. It's radiant. It puts you in the present moment. But when the fear comes in, you start to believe that being with that person is the only way to feel that bliss. That is where the attachment comes from. Your partner is one portal, but there are many. And even if you're not physically together, you have the choice at any given time, to be in the consciousness of love with them because sharing that does not require physical proximity. Think about it when you talk on the phone or FaceTime and you tell each other how wonderful you are, how grateful you are for them in your life. You're totally present with them in gratitude, in the awareness of abundance of love. It's like turning on a light, right? Most people will attribute that light to their relationship. But from a higher state of consciousness, that light is always there. And the more and more you practice bringing that presence into your life, the love that you share is never distant because it's right there in your heart. That's actually the only place it really is because you are love. That's what you are. When you agonize in fear, you lose sight of who you are. You are now in lack, in scarcity. Now, of course, that's understandable. I mean, it happens. We're not enlightened masters. We still get caught up. We still become afraid. But how you get out of that is not dependent on the two of you being together again. Because two people can be physically together and energetically apart. It's determined by whatever your state of consciousness is. So before you get on that train of painful longing, know that love actually isn't putting you there. Love doesn't want you to be in pain. 
I'm assuming that your choice to stay together despite the distance was made because you knew in your hearts that that was the best choice for both of you, which is very honorable. But don't think missing each other has to equal pain. Missing each other can be honoring each other in joy, in being kind and compassionate to yourself because you know that's what the other person would want you to do. Missing each other can look like a ritual of your heart. It can be tears of gratitude, the lighting of a candle. It's a sacred unity in the oneness of all things. That awareness is what the two of you share. That is your power and that is your bond. Find a new way to channel that longing and honor it. Yes, there will be times when you're in pain and it doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong, but don't allow that pain to be the story of your relationship because it is so much more. Hi, Bunny. Um, I've got a question about friendships and outgrowing them um, and kind of being misunderstood, I guess, by people that you love. Um, I have a group of friends who I used to live with and we've since moved all away. Some of us are in the same city, some aren't. And we, you know, want to stay friends, all of us. Um, but since that happened, it's it's become increasingly more difficult to, like, keep in contact. I don't expect, you know... I think I don't expect a lot, but it's just, for me, not been enough. Um, I've been giving more than I've been receiving, and I think I've been understanding and reasonable about what, like, people are capable of giving um, time-wise and energy-wise. And I feel like I've been there for them a lot more than they've been there for me. Um, A few of them, we weren't that close anyway, so this isn't a surprise, and I'm I'm not too upset by it, but... Uh, one of them we were really really good friends and she's been in my city been around we and she could have made more time to meet up with me she never replies to my messages I check in with her a lot because she's going through through some things and I'm worried about her um and she kind of pies me off I guess and she knows that I've been dealing with some things that in the past we've supported each other through and she sort of hasn't been there for me when I've asked um and I've tried to be understanding and not expect too much from her because I know what she's going through but it got to the point where it just wasn't enough we'd arranged to meet up and then the day of you know at the time we were meant to meet she would change it or turn up drunk or hungover sometimes or just just ignore me completely often uh she'd express interest in hanging out and then when it came down to it wouldn't wouldn't turn up or make the effort and she's able to meet up with other people I see it all over her social media um people who I think she thinks are cooler than I am which I'm not insecure about but that's her problem I guess um but I had I sent her a message a few months ago explaining how I was feeling trying to say that I understand and I want to preserve our friendship and you know these actions had upset me but I know she didn't intend to and you know could she maybe try and work on it I'd like to talk it out I was angry and I think that was allowed and that came across in my message but I also was being understanding and she got extremely defensive and hasn't replied to me since and now she's I've seen her hanging out with 
all of my other friends from that group who I don't really speak to anymore just because we've grown apart apart from one of them who I am still good friends with and it kind of upsets me to see them all together I guess and know that maybe those aren't the right people for me anymore I've got other people in my life who are are better for me and who give me what I need and I can give to them I can give love to them fully they will accept it now these new people but it, it hurts me to see them together I guess and know that they might be talking badly about me because I understand how they see my actions um I think they see me as sort of a vi- like victimizing myself um and if you have any advice about how to reframe this and work through it okay thank you lots of love hi babe i'm so sorry that this happened with your friend friendship is hard and in order to maintain it you have to nurture it water it tend to it and our culture puts so much more emphasis on romantic relationships that we barely know how to handle our platonic ones I know you felt like you were not getting the type of support that you needed and you absolutely deserve friends that are there for you. My only concern is that when you wait to address the issue until you are angry, it's really easy for someone to be defensive. People defend themselves when they feel attacked. And even if what you said was totally reasonable, from her perspective, her experience of it was hurtful. That was her interpretation. Maybe she felt like you were being insensitive to what she was going through. Maybe she was hungover and not in a good state of mind. Regardless, she doesn't feel seen by you and you don't feel seen by her. Maybe what your friend needed from you was to not need her to show up with her best self because she was struggling. We all have different needs and boundaries. And for her, not texting back might not have the same weight as it does for you. I wish that she would talk it out with you so the two of you can come to an understanding that you are coming from a different place but ultimately want the same thing, to be loved and accepted for who you are. However, the fact that she isn't replying is a sure indication that she is not in that place. She's not ready to see it through that lens. And I'd rather you not talk than get yourself in a situation for more hurt and more drama. I remember years ago, I had this really good friend and we went on this trip together. The both of us with um, our then partners at the time. During the trip, she and her partner were having a lot of problems, and they ended up breaking up soon after. A couple of weeks after our trip, she sent me this email saying that I really hurt her during that trip because I wasn't there for her, I wasn't checking in with her, and she felt like I was ignoring her and just like hanging out with my partner and not even being concerned. And I remember I felt really defensive, like, hey, this is coming totally out of left field. And I wrote her back basically being like, um, I did nothing wrong and what's your problem? And even though eventually we started talking again and sort of patched it up, our friendship was never the same. And then it was, it was years and years later that I realized that I had handled that wrong. Her idea of friendship was something that I wasn't used to. I wasn't used to friends who had that type of need, who were actually super accountable to each other and had those types of expectations. I 
I had had best friends in the past, but they weren't super, super close in that way. She was different. And for her, friendship was extremely important to her. And for me, I was at a time in my life, you know, in my 20s where my whole world was my partner, you know? I wish I could go back in time and say, hey, I didn't realize what you needed. How can I be there for you now? There could be a time when it becomes more clear to your friend that your needs are valid, but you can't rush that type of growth. And if people are going to judge you for your own boundaries, it's because they don't know how to advocate for their own. And that was exactly what was happening with me in my situation. You know, here was my friend saying, hey, I expect more from a friend. And I was like, who are you? I would never ask that of a friend. And (laughs) I deserve that type of friendship as well. Everybody does. Moving forward, I would try your very best to have compassion for where she is in her journey. I mean, people have limitations at different times in their life. We've all been shitty friends at some point, or at least most of us have. We've all made mistakes because we're not aware of what we're doing until we are aware of it. And that just has to do with our emotional growth, our spiritual growth, our our inner growth. And we're not all growing at the same pace. The important thing here is to focus on love. It might mean, you know, when you do see her online or with your friends, rather than going to that place of, oh, they're talking about me, just doing a little inner sending her love, wishing her the best. I hope she's okay those types of things. That's the that's the energy that's going to help you get through this because that is actually your power. That's your strength. You're a very sweet, sensitive and thoughtful person and you absolutely deserve relationships that are supportive of your needs. And I'm glad that you have other friends where you feel that way. I'm wishing you all the best. The following question is from an email. Hi, Bunny. I had come across your podcast as I was waiting for my plane to head back home, and I really love it and realized I need some advice. So I've been an essential worker for this grocery store in my hometown for almost five years now, worked with many different types of leaderships, and moved many different locations as I moved up in the company. I had recently transferred to a new location, and I've noticed that my boss picks on every little mistake that I do and not appreciate the effort and hard work that I actually do put in. Mind you, we're working during a pandemic and I show up and do my job. Recently, my partner of seven months had moved across the country to finish her senior year of college. I had visited twice, but so far I realized it's very emotionally hard because I feel as if she's the most supportive person in my corner and reminds me that I can do so much more. I'm not sure if I'm just looking to be with her to become more inspired so that I can build some type of stability in my future, like going back to school or study to become something other than just a regular grocery store worker because when I'm back home, I feel so lonely and lost. My heart is telling me to have this fresh start in another state with her, but my head is reminding me that I have all my friends and family that I know I will miss. In this very moment, I just feel completely stuck and not sure which path to exactly take. 
This is the most healthiest relationship I've ever been in and I really do look forward to building a future with my partner, but would it be too soon? Thank you so much. I appreciate your time and patience with helping us all with our journey. Hi, babe. Well, I want to say something first. You titled this email as Life Crisis. And I just want to reframe this a little bit because you being in a loving relationship and not sure if you should move to another state to be with that person is the result of the abundance of love in your life. And I wouldn't define that as a crisis. It's true it's not an easy decision, but life isn't supposed to be easy all the time. Even the really good things are challenging. Sometimes people have a harder time actually getting what they asked for, actually receiving love, actually believing in themselves. So here's the deal. This is totally your decision, and I cannot tell you whether or not it is too soon to move with her. But I can tell you that getting out of your comfort zone even if it doesn't work out how you expected, is how you evolve. Maybe your new manager being a bummer to work for is a sign that it's time to try something new. Truth of the matter is, you said that you have worked in many leadership positions, you've changed doors, you're extremely adaptable, you're extremely smart, you work well with other people, You're not giving yourself as much credit as you should. I mean, it sounds to me like no matter where you are, you're a go-getter and you can totally do whatever you have your heart set out to do. You can totally just go explore different things to see if it's something that you would like to do. And honestly, if it didn't work out, you could always move back, right? There is never going to be a totally sure thing. You know, that's not how life works. And sometimes we will have to leave behind certain relationships in order to forge new relationships, in order to build new community. Your higher self uses every experience to bring you closer to your own awakening, the awakening to how worthy you are and always have been. You're worthy of living your best life. You're worthy of love. You're worthy of a job that fulfills you. You're worthy of abundance. That's the consciousness that's going to give you the courage to do what is right for you and help you make the choices that will lead to more inner growth. With any difficult decision, ask your higher self, which path is going to bring me closer to my power? And now I'm super excited to play a listener response message. Oh my God, I am so shaken back. (laughs) Sorry. This is a reply to bonus episode 11. Um, I am so taken aback by how similar our situations are. Um, I was also diagnosed um, as autistic at a very, very young age. Um, And 
I also dealed with, dealt with queerness, you know, and, you know, um, trying to uh, accept that part of myself, learn about that part of myself at a very young age, and also experienced depression at 12. Um, I, um, I'm so shaken aback because I'm also the oldest and, um, you know, my younger sister always is compared to me and they're like, oh, why aren't you more like your younger sister? You know, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm, I got bullied a lot and I was dealt with a lot of ableist comments. And even now, like, it's still hard because I am 19 and, you know, I'm still living with them, except not my mom, but I'll talk about that a little bit more. Um, but I'm so taken aback because our situations are so alike. I was doing my makeup and um, I was listening to this and I was looking in, my, in the mirror and listening to everything that you were saying. And I just like literally started like tears started falling down because it was like, wow, there is someone in this world dealing with the exact same situation as me getting compared to their younger sister, dealing with the queer, like, um, the queerness stuff and the autistic stuff and the pressure of the, like, cultural family, like, saying, like, you're the oldest, you have to be like this, um, and, you know, the family pressure and, um, the ableist and homophobic comments from your family and, you know, the hostile environment, etc. Um, I am actually working on healing that part of my, um, on that part, because it's, it's very hard, because growing up, you know, since a very young age, it's always been kind of ingrained into our families, what do you call it, families, it's basically been ingrained into our family that, you know, I am not the sister that I'm supposed to be. And it's okay to make fun of me. It's okay to belittle me because I am not at their expectations. And so, you know, my mom actually was the one who kind of really, really like made this environment possible. Like she was um, she would tell them like, hey, what punishment should we pick for um, Blanca today? What punishment should we do? Like, it was very, very abusive. But luckily, I do not live with my mom anymore. We don't live with her. And we're all slowly unlearning the things. My sister and I actually, like, I started, um, I have a lot of envy for her. I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm still working on that because, you know, it's only been a year since I stopped living with her, like with my mom, and I still deal with envy because it's like, why can't I be the older sister that they want me to be? You know what I mean? Um, but I'm so happy that, you know, I'm not alone. <laughs> um, and it's so, it's so crazy to me that we're going through the same type of situation. But my sister and I and the whole family, like, we're really working at, you know, unlearning it. And it feels so amazing to have, like, the supportive kind of um, environment where they're like, yeah, you know what? I'm, my mom's not very nice to you. And you know what? Like, we're all unlearning it. And there's still some, like, some moments where 
my sister or my brothers will say things to me like to try and belittle me because they're used to me being like supposedly like under them or something and bullying me but other times like we just talk about it we sit down and we talk about it and we're like hey where did that come from and you know like just being able to talk about things and you know being able to say like you know what that's not okay like it's not okay to be mean to me it's like revolutionary for me I don't know but we are working on it and it feels freaking amazing to know that I'm not alone and I am so happy that it, it kind of feels like I'm looking at like my hair self and I'm like my hair self is like proud of myself and kind of like ruining for me you know like it feels like that you know it's just so crazy that it's like the same situation but it's such an odd situation you know what I mean okay I'm so sorry um thank you so much for sending in that question you have no idea how much it impacted me I'm like in tears right now I'm so thankful for this podcast and um, the callers that listen, like that, send their send their questions because I'm able to relate to something so crazy. Um, but thank you so much. Um, I love all of you, and um, we're in this together, and we will unlearn all of the things that you know, all of that unworthiness um, that was kind of ingrained to our brains since a young age we will do it i believe in us yes okay <laughs> thank you bye-bye okay now i'm crying because you know when i when i record this podcast and i see that there's a listener response i actually don't listen to it until i until i record so that i can have like a natural reaction um and that was so beautiful and so meaningful. And I'm so happy that you related to the other listener. And just to hear what you said about your higher self being proud of you, your higher self is absolutely proud of you. Um, and you're doing amazing. And you're healing your family, you know? And that's the beauty of are suffering sometimes is that the things that are our wounds also are our superpower and we have a higher purpose to transform this place called earth <laughs> or this matrix or however you want to refer to it and we're definitely not alone we're a very intentional group and the most important thing to us is love. We might not always be aware of that. You know, we might go days where we forget what really matters to us. But in our deepest beings, we know what is the most important thing and the most meaningful. And we are part of the awakening of the whole planet. And it's so beautiful. And this is our time. So let's not waste it with petty you know, judgments or self-loathing. Man, fuck that, you know? Anyway, thank you again so much for sending it in. And thank you to everyone for sending in your questions. You're having a huge effect on people, truly. 
I love you so much and so does your higher self. And I will see you next week. Bye. Exo Higher Self is recorded in Brooklyn, New York, hosted by me, Bunny Michael, produced by Kara Gilvey with original music and sound mixing by Michael Bihari.